It is a truth universally I acknowledged. I myself have noticed my growing resemblance to a daffodil. All that is gold daffodil. does not glitter. Not how I would die. Not all. Though I had reason enough in the last few months. If you want to rebel, rebel exist, from inside the system. But because they tell us that dragons I'm your host Vicky from Miss Vicky's Bookcase. Let's begin our story together. Hello and welcome. We're going to be doing another review today. Oh, I feel like I've got my reading jam on because I've read so many really good books recently and it was hard to choose what I would like to review next. But since I'm going on with a book group, this is one of the book group books and I fully admit that if I hadn't seen this in the book group, I probably wouldn't have noticed it. And I'm so very glad I did. Now, this book is called Legendborn by Tracy Dion and... If you've never heard of Tracy before, she is a winning author and a second generation fangirl, she calls herself. She grew up in central North Carolina, where she devoured fantasy books and southern food in equal measure. After earning her bachelor's and master's degree in communication and performance studies from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, Tracy worked in live theatre, video game production and K-12 education. When she's not writing, Tracy speaks on panels at science fiction and fantasy conventions, reads fanfic, arranges puppy playdates, and keeps an eye out for ginger-flavoured everything. Tracy is a champion of diversity and representation in science fiction and fantasy literature and media. And this is this box makes me laugh. And when Tracy's mother told her that women in her family were like the black Jenny Gisserets, she believed her. If you didn't know what the Benny Gesserits are, it's a Dune thing and I am going to be having a Dune review come up in the next month or so because of course, June. Anyway, this is not about June so we're going to leave that there so look out for that in the next couple of months. So what is Legend Born about? So after her mother dies in an accident, 16 year old Bree Matthews wants nothing to do with her family memories or her childhood home. A residential programme for bright high schoolers at UNC Chapel Hill seems like a perfect escape until Brie witnesses a magical attack her very first night on the campus, a flying demon feeding on human energies, a secret society of so-called legend-born students that hunt creatures down, and a mysterious teenage mage who calls himself a Merlin and who attempts and fails to wipe Brie's memory of everything she saw. The mage's failure unlocks Bree's own unique magic and a buried memory within a hidden connection. The night her mother died, another Merlin was at the hospital. Now that Bree knows there's more to her mother's death than what's on the police report, she'll do whatever it takes to find out the truth, even if it means infiltrating the legendborn as one of their initiates. She recruits Nick, a self-exiled legendborn, with his own grudge against the group and their reluctant partnership pulls them deeper into the society's secrets and closer to each other. But when the legendborn reveal themselves as the descendants of King Arthur's knights and explain that a magical war is coming, Bree has to decide how far she'll go for the truth and whether she should use her magic to take the society down or join the fight. Now this kind of excites me. I'm I live in England, so for those of you who don't live in this country, Arthur is part and parcel, especially where I actually live. I live in the southern western part of England and it is very much King Arthur country. 
they really love their legend a lot and it's absolutely fascinating to hear all the different legends there's hundreds and hundreds of different sources and different myths about Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and I really liked the premise of this King Arthur and Knights in a modern sense I really liked it now let's begin with the characters I really like Brie unlike the other review I did recently of Adi LaRue Brie is a totally different kettle of fish I really like the fact that the author actually explores grief and its impact with the loss of Brie's mother I think this is not something that's often seen of in the fantasy genre at least I don't remember reading it maybe I've been reading totally different books to everybody else but I don't remember that being a big thing and this is a big thing and it makes Brie seem a really enjoyable complex character as we explore grief with Brie herself and as she comes to a greater understanding of how grief is making her be a different person in some respects and how this is tackled I really like it I mean there are one or two places as a side note where I didn't like Brie as a person but that was minor in the overall theme of things and if you're wondering what that was it was kind of like she seemed to be on the route to self-destruction and almost a revenge arc I'm never a fan of revenge arcs but there was a turning point when she made this turning point in these decisions it seemed like it was better suited to her and I really liked the fact that the author deliberately didn't go down the we must kill them all arc she was on the Brie doesn't know what she's doing really but she realizes that revenge is just not gonna be something that is gonna be helpful for her really so moving on to the secondary characters and there was a great mixed bag of personalities it was good to see that not everybody hated her not everybody liked her it was a really good mixed bag her dad was a real sweetheart and I think you don't really see much of him in the book but when he does appear it's not it's not it's a really nice sweet father and I'm really glad that we have such a sweetness of parenthood being concerned with their child I really like that and I guess the two characters that I really do want to mention here are Nick and Cell so first of all we have Nick he is a bit of insta love with him and I don't mind that because I've seen this happen in real life and I've seen people who are more than 30 years down the road from insta love so that never bothers me but if it does bother you it might you might not enjoy this book as much. I do wonder, having finished this book now and looking back on it, whether this insta-love, if there's more to it than what the author is currently saying in this first book. I wonder if it's going to be expanded upon in the next book and whether what I think is happening is what's going to happen, but we'll see. It's really hard to discuss this without a ton of spoilers. And although you could probably guess at least one or two spoilery bits I feel like it's better for you to find this out as you read the book and to enjoy the book rather than hear me give you spoilers you're like oh I know what's coming but overall I did find Nick very charming and I like the fact that once you have his loyalty he will do anything for you and I like that and he's not blind to the bad bits either so he's not a Gary Stew I think is the term 
The second person is Sel and he's a contrast. Most of the book he is in a really bad mood, he's really crabby and he's determined to oust Brie as some kind of monster and that she's hiding herself. And it did crack me up a little bit in his determination because he really is very paranoid about this which, you know, okay, this is going to be a spoiler but hopefully not a big one, but once he gets over his paranoia and he realises that Brie is who she says she is, isn't like just a human, I found it really hilarious that he's disgusted with himself for thinking Brie could be a demon. And it was like, I feel so dumb that I thought you were going to be this person because he watched her trip over herself and he's like, I just can't believe this. And it's quite comical, the relationship between the two of them as it shifts from Cell thinking she is a demon to Cell thinking, what is she doing? And it kind of builds on a relationship. And yes, it feels pretty much like it's going to be a love triangle, which is the trope I actually really dislike. So I'm really hoping that this is not going to be that. So all in all though, there are other memorable people, but I want to keep this under the 25 minutes mark, which I didn't do last time. So we're going to skip around a little bit. Um, the only one, and this is the last thing I want to talk about with characteristics, is Ali, who... Ali is Bree's best friend, and Ali's the only one I have a bit of a beef with. Her best friend seems to be there to be a minor foil to highlight the grief Bree's going through, and what Brie is doing is not her. I felt like she's the most undeveloped of the characters in the book but I'm hoping that we'll see her develop a bit more later on in other books because I think this is the first in a series. I know this the next book is coming out later on this year and I'm very much looking forward to it but that's the downside to me is Alice and her undeveloped character and I will say that is the worst thing I could probably say about uh, the characters in the book. Now moving on to the atmosphere and I wasn't sure if I was going to mention this here but I feel like this is probably the best place to mention it and it took me by surprise the instances of almost casual racism that were in this book. It's almost like you were plunged down into a bucket of cold water and it's a real shock to the system but it amplifies the atmosphere throughout the book giving the feel almost of the Sword of Democles, if you've heard of the Sword of Democles, basically a man who is basically going to be executed and he doesn't know when the sword is going to fall and he's going to die is basically what that is. And that's the feeling I get throughout the book is that you never know when it's going to fall, this casual racism which just flickers in and out. And with the attacks worsening, it does a really good effective fall again because it makes it all feel like you don't know when the chop is going to fall and it just really shows how hard it can be sometimes to be a person of a different race and I feel like this is very well handled again. It shows very much of a personality and view that I think a lot of people have been expressing over the last couple of years ago also especially with the Black Lives Matter and I feel like this is done in a way that I can really appreciate and better understand. So I like it from that aspect where this does work in a very positive way, at least in my book for me personally, coming to a better understanding of what people face. And it's surprising that this is shown in this book because you wouldn't think it's a book that's an urban fantasy, it's about Arthur and his knights and with this casual racism. I really like the fact that this is a big impact but so small it's 
And the reason why I'm saying it's small, not because I don't think that racism is a small thing, quite the opposite, but I think it's the small things that happen to people make a very big impact. And this, as part of the atmosphere and the way it's written, it's very intriguing the way that that has happened and the way it's written, I found that very interesting. So for me, it does a really good job of doing that. As part of the writing, I did find that it was very fast paced and it was written in the first person. I prefer third person personally, but again, it was fine overall. It was really easy going. I really liked that. Which brings me now to the plot. I really love the premise of the whole King Arthur mythos and I'm a real big fan of knights and courtly behaviour and with this it's really interesting again because you would think that knights of the King Arthur's table would be very courtly, courteous to everybody and again this cocks back to where I was saying with the atmosphere, with the small things and how they treat Brie because someone from the Order of the Rose which is kind of like the women's auxiliary, I'm doing it in quotation marks, you can't see it but it's still there where they treat Brie as a servant and again it's that short sharp shocks ice cold water and I love the reaction of Nick because he's basically like no I'm not going to have any of that and this all part of the plot the courtliness of it where they're supposed to be like that and actually really now I think about one of the plot twists and one of the things that the enemy says, I'm not going to give that enemy a name because then it really is spoiler, but he, that person, doesn't like the fact that women and people who are not white are in the order. I feel like I've given you more of a spoiler than I possibly should have, but that is one of the reasons why it's all going a bit downhill. And, well, at least in his mind, to my mind, it sounded fascinating that Brie was almost like a pioneer in this and I feel like I'm going off on side topic but it gives this it, it gives this whole different flavor it's so unique this flavor um, and I just want to give you the flavor that it gives because to me this is a very pioneering book in a different sense that it's taken a very English legend and turning it on its head almost and some of the court behaviors that were around back in the 11th, 12th century have almost turned on their heads a little and I kind of like that. It's also really hard not to talk about the plot without giving spoilers again. I say this every time I'm talking about the plot but it really is very difficult and I don't like to give spoilers because you need to learn it for yourself and have your own understanding of it. I will mention however that the handling, changing subject a bit, uh, the handling of Bree's mental state with death with death and the death of her mother was a really good one it's something I don't re see very often in fantasy books again maybe that's just me and again I really like the fact that this is tackled in a quite a sensitive way or rather not in a sensitive way but more in a way that is easier for me to comprehend as someone who reads a lot of fantasy this made it much easier to understand where grief was coming from and she was diagnosed with uh, a certain type of grief which I can't remember the name of at the moment but that was very interesting the fact that the author used that as part of the plot line it brings in such different flavors this is very different in some ways from what I normally read I mean I do love urban fantasy as well so I do like that aspect but it's given me a very nice different flavor very much almost like an African flavor it just brings together this heady mix that I've really enjoyed and also as a side note I don't know if you noticed but the author also actually went to the college that 
Brie goes to, which I find absolutely fascinating and have enjoyed because she obviously has been there, she understands, and she's giving a bit of her personality into that, and I kind of really enjoyed that. This leads me nicely onto the intrigue and of the book, and oh, it wasn't I wanted to know what happened, it was more along the lines of I needed to know what happened, I needed to know what comes next. I enjoyed all the twists and turns. I could have guessed some of them if I really put my mind to it. I'm one of these that don't. I just enjoy the flow. I enjoy how the author is writing and I like to enjoy the revelations done by the author rather than me thinking, oh, this is what's going to happen next and that. And I really enjoyed that. I actually read this super, super quick, really, considering I think I read it in less than three days and that's with me working as well. So my husband didn't actually see very much of me because I was super distracted by this book. So you can tell, I kind of really did enjoy it. Generally, with the logic, the biggest letdown is still Alice and I've already mentioned her really. Um, she just didn't quite react at the beginning the way I would have thought a best friend would act. But otherwise, I found generally logical. I found that there was no real gaps or problems that I would find problematic and as you could probably tell I did thoroughly enjoy this book I mean I actually gave this a four star not quite a five but it's so pretty close that I may actually change my mind and jump it over to a five star but I will say if you love the King Arthur legend then definitely read this I loved it it was a fantastic pace it was really good kept me interested all the way through I needed to know what happened next the romance isn't that heavy going I find it's quite light it is insta romance but if you can get past that the book is absolutely fine I might have a problem if we turn this into a love triangle, which I'm genuinely hoping. This is not what's going to happen, but my fingers are crossed from that. I hope you've enjoyed hearing all about Legendborn, and I hope you have a go with it too. I heartily recommend it if you definitely love the King Arthur mythos, and that was definitely something I enjoyed. I can't wait for the next one in the series to come out, and I checked. It doesn't have a date yet, but I will be ordering that when it comes in, hopefully at the end of the year. And hopefully I'll be doing a review of that when it comes in. I hope you've enjoyed listening to my review this week. I'm excited to be sharing my reviews with you and we will see what I'm going to be doing next week. See you next time. Bye. Ank Moorpork. Pearl of cities. People really are this like houses. Is not with vast rooms and tiny Libraries rooms. were full of ideas. Perhaps the most dangerous and powerful. She delighted in the smell of the ink, the rough fill of the paper. Had commented once. That Neil had a gift for making someone by children is not a good children's story. Very weak-minded, refused to be influenced by literature and poetry.